I'm Corey Crenshaw, and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, everybody. Uh, as you can tell by our intro, Richie is not here. He is currently in Vegas, um, sitting at a cigar bar, watching the Cardinals game on a tiny little TV. Um, so he can't be with us today because uh, he's doing much cooler things. But to make it even more fun, because Scotty's got some really interesting things to say about uh, Richie's commentary here on the podcast as of recent. So with us is um, one of my favorite people, my fiance, Mr. Scotty Farr. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Um, Richie is gone, and he is at a cigar shop, but that is not the reason why he is not here. Yes. He's going to be gone for the next, what, three weekends? Mm-hmm. But not for anything in particular except a passion of his because he is following the fiber deficiency in America. And I quote what Richie said <laughs> is, I'm going to be gone the next three weekends because I want to be the Johnny Appleseed of fiber, but with a celery stock instead of an apple. <laughs> so Richie will be gone the next three weeks promoting fiber and... um Mainly just fiber. A lot of constipation <laughs> in America, and Richie's very passionate about it. So if you can just reach out to Richie, tell him congrats. Um, just give him some positive support because he's just, you know, dealing with a lot of crap. <laughs> well, we keep on going down that route. The last time I was gone, you guys said what? I had uh, <laughs> explosive, explosive diarrhea. diarrhea or... Yeah, but that kind of like kickstarted Richie's thing about fiber deficiency. He realized the Western <laughs> society like doesn't eat enough fiber. And he, for, when he grew up, he said, I wanted to be just like Johnny Appleseed. And I was like, well, he already existed. So what are you going to do? And then he's like, well, I'm going to be the vegetable Johnny Appleseed. So now Richie's walking around in Vegas with a sack full of celery. Just handing it and to he, people. And he's handing it to people for free. And that's why <gasps> donate to Richie's cause, reach out to support, and that's going to keep him going. Not just in Vegas. He's going to be in Colorado soon, L.A. soon. Those are the hardest hit fiber deficiency places in America. <laughs> so give Richie some support and help him out with this cause of handing out celery stock to uh, our beautiful nation and our very constipated people. Oh my God, my cheeks hurt. I'm like laughing so hard. My cheeks hurt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, whenever Scotty comes on the podcast, uh, he usually tries to come up with some crazy reason why we aren't on the podcast. It, it is crazy, but it's true. I just want everyone to know all of it's been true. So. <laughs> Oh God, that would that one was actually very creative. Like it took a lot of mental thought for that one. Richie's been excited for this. Actually, he he can't wait to leave so he can get basically uh, made fun of in so many different ways by the ways that you're going to say he's gone. So uh, he's going to enjoy this one. I feel like this is a whole new level. I thought nothing could beat uh, my explosive diarrhea one when I was gone, but th- this one I think beats it. We've brought awareness to a lot of causes. <laughs> Traveler's diarrhea, you know, with the bacteria. It's crazy that. how many people didn't know details about <laughs> Traveler's <laughs> diarrhea until that, until that podcast this came This show out. is like part in like NPR, you know, medical <laughs> interesting fact show. But. Yeah, you guys ended up bringing up like actual like medical facts <laughs> in that. We went down and, a rabbit hole. It was what what an interesting uh, show that was. Yeah, no, I was I was honestly just exhausted from work that show. 
And uh, so you guys decided to have a little boys night in the pod. But yeah, the, I didn't think anything was going to beat that. But I think this this officially has done yeah. it. Well, we'll keep everyone updated weekend by weekend basis. And maybe we'll have Richie record a, a video for his followers and you know, give a shout out. If we can get Richie eating a piece of celery to put on uh, our socials, I I will be so happy. That he will be my traveled- favorite this week to vegas and he sent a picture i think he might delete it with four suitcases full of celery (laughs) like tsa stopped him and said sir what are you doing with all the celery and he said i'm i'm giving america an enema is essentially what he said (laughs) what would what would you say to tsa have you ever tried to get through tsa with a bunch of celery like what i don't even know i feel like tsa has seen some weird stuff but celery might top top yeah i can only imagine the things that tsa has seen the things that tsa has seen and the tsa has felt because they've yeah, got they, felt a lot of stuff well that's the thing is they've they've got to like reach into everyone's bags they've got to touch people like i just feel like there's some weird shit out there that they've had to deal with i digress on this as richie and Corey would say their favorite line <laughs> <laughs> because every time you hear a, I digress, we're going to donate to someone's favorite cause. <laughs> well, it's because we go down these little rabbit holes like this, where we're now talking about celery for like five minutes, but, um, to kind of change what we're talking about here, uh, Scotty and I have been betting all morning on NFL games and, uh, Scotty has a bet out on this Cardinals game and it's always, the hardest game for me of the year it's it's really it's on right now as we're recording it's always the hardest game for me of the year because of the fact that it is against my minnesota vikings and uh you know the kind of spark nose version for those who don't know my um my dad was born in minnesota and was a fan of the vikings before um the cardinals were here in arizona and once the Cardinals came, he just kind of added the Cardinals, but never really gave up his love for Minnesota. So I was always raised as a fan of both teams. So when I watch this game, I can either win or lose because it's going to be great and shitty either way it goes. Yeah, I should have learned my lesson. Anytime I bet on the Cardinals or Vikings, I usually get screwed one way or another. You know, I did a nice parlay on DraftKings and it did hit on the Texans and the 49ers, but as of right now, the Cardinals are kind of disappointing. Maybe they can get that uh, minus four spread, but we'll see on that. Like I said, had a few uh, parlays on DraftKings. Shout out THPN for uh, the promo code. Yeah, that actually is really great. Mwah. We always do a chef's kiss whenever there's a perfect transition in our show because we're too nerdy. We can't just do it. Um, So props to you, but it's a great transition into our ad read for uh, DraftKings, which is week two of football is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off another action packed week. DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss any of this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week three game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings 
still has huge cash prizes for up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Scotty, I think, honestly, I have had the most educational time with sports betting than I have ever had because of the fact that you know, I've always heard Richie talking about things and talking about the spread and all this stuff, but it's crazy how many people have actually had to explain it to myself now that I've learned it. So it's always like, you always learn more, it sticks in your brain when you're having to explain it to other people. I was having to explain it to my mom like four times last night for her to get it. I finally leave their house and I get a text message that says my mom wants to start sports betting now. So I don't know if this is a good sign or a bad sign with my um, explanation that my mom now wants to do sports betting. She's one of the last people I thought would ever. Yeah, I think both me and you were a little confused on the sports betting. Luckily, Richie helped us. And like I said, DraftKings came up clutch and we uh, luckily were able to win a few bets. And, you know, I don't know about now. Vikings just scored again. Like I said, the Vikings just love to screw us in so many different ways. It's just... Can't, I can't even describe it any other way. But, you know, we got a lot more to talk about besides just sports betting because we could talk all day <laughs> now that we found this new love, love-hate love relationship with sports betting. It's per basically watching football in general. It's always a love-hate relationship. Yeah, and we could be putting our money towards way better things like Richie's GoFundMe, but we could gamble it, double it, send it to Richie, he can maybe expand to kale, but kale is a hot commodity right now. But kale is a hot commodity. I, I think a lot since a lot of the like models and you know, uh, you know, the skinny people of America really started talking about kale. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hopped on that kale bandwagon. We get at least ten people to reach out to Richie. He will wear a carrot costume when he's handing out his celery <laughs> stalks in um, Colorado. So 10 people, shout out Richie, tell him good job on, you know, fiber awareness. And Richie may be wearing a carrot costume here soon. So. A carrot costume. He would rock that it's carrot like costume. The, tell His me height. about my wiener guy, but it'll be Richie. No, it's ask me about my I'll wiener. Ask me, <laughs> ask me about my wiener. Yep. You got to get it right. That would be uh, accepted, right? I think that's the name yeah. of that movie. Yeah. It, that actually was pretty good. That is uh old days of jonah hill if i remember correctly yeah, early days jonah mm-hmm. yeah but uh we do actually have some coyotes talk to get into in the show uh we won't keep talking about celery the whole time we promise um one of the things that we kind of wanted to touch on because i feel like you were seeing it basically everywhere was uh dylan gunther had uh a goal during the 
prospect game versus the Knights. And it was beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Hit the, uh, in fact, it actually hit the Gatorade water bottle off the uh, net and dented the shit out of that thing. And water just went flying. So it was such a great goal. And it was, uh, I actually watched it like four or five times in a row. So it's really good to see that type of, um, you know, that type of play out of him and to see the potential that's down the line, because we've been looking at this for a while in the fact that we don't know exactly how Bill Armstrong's decisions, what he's making. We like them as they stand, as they look right now, but it's, you know, we won't actually know until later how they actually pay off. This is a, a good sign that it's actually going to start paying off. And I mean, the Canucks fans are pissed because that that uh, pick came from the trade for OEL and Garland. And they're saying that, you know, they could have gotten him. And so they're a, a little bit salty. But I, I think it's a little too early to get salty over, you know, just good play in, in, a, in a couple games yeah. in, you know, in a rookie game. But I, I do like the prospect of that. The fact that someone is getting jealous of the Coyotes for once is actually kind of nice. I mean, for the Coyotes, they're not going to be good, obviously, for at least a couple of years. So Coyotes fans have to take their excitement where they get it. Canucks fans definitely can't be jealous because they got Garland and OEL, uh, two ready NHL players. OEL obviously has had his struggles, but they get two NHL players ready now. Coyotes are investing in him uh, and to Dylan for at least, you know, a couple of years until he'll probably be NHL ready. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. I remember it's trending all over Twitter. Butcher Gross gave it a shout out, you know, that's like Coyotes have to kind of build on that. And for Bill Armstrong, you're at least for Coyote fans, you at least get to see the start of his era begin. And yeah, it was a rookie scrimmage, but I mean, that's a goal scorer's goal that he scored right there off the side of a power play. So something to be excited about for coyotes and also something to be excited for with bill armstrong and hopefully seeing how he ends up drafting in the future not only for just this draft but also for future drafts he's had so many draft picks he collected you're not going to really get to see the full scope of that until a few years unfortunately but i think this is a good start and i think it's going to put some of these people a little bit to rest who are kind of critical of you know, him flushing the team completely out and restarting, you know, the only one I would say I was kind of sad about was Dvorak. I, I Mine was Garland, actually. Yeah, Garland, they could have easily gone. I think they could have gone him for a decent deal, too. But my guess is the Canucks weren't willing to give up a first just for OEL because of OEL's bad contract and even bad play. So yeah, he's not the player he used Garland to be. Probably never to, will be. Oh no! And Garland, unfortunately, had to probably get thrown in there. But yeah, I'd probably agree. Garland, Dvorak, losing those guys hurt. But if they can hit on Dylan Gunther and some of these other players, Doan, Josh Doan, who I got beef to pick with Richie on, and um, some of the other players they drafted. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. It's an interesting. Uh, point of view that Scotty has on that that you actually sport nation might agree with um I I've seen some people out here and there that that actually kind of agree with his point of view on it so we'll have to get into that but yeah anything that shows 
promise for the future of this team. And anyone that shows promise as being a goal scorer that is going to put in really solid top line minutes and really um, can be that goal scorer of the future for this team is a big deal because really this team hasn't had a really solid goal scorer for a long time. And that is going to be very seriously needed if this team is going to be at the caliber that it wants to be here in the future. You know, we're saying four years down the line, we're hoping for a brand new stadium with a Stanley Cup contending team. You're going to need to have a really strong goal scorer for that. And so if uh, if Gunther can be that, then 100% that is this team is moving in the correct direction if that's what it is. Yeah. And Bill Armstrong and the Coyotes need to shoot to probably start hitting their stride probably 2024-2025. And that's solely because on obviously you're doing a complete rebuild. Coyotes have done so many rebuilds that it's frustrating. But also, too, they're probably going to be stepping into a new arena, a new atmosphere, a new rebranding. And if you're going to be rebranding, you're going to want a team that's really going to start hitting its stride in 2024, 2025. Not only with all these draft picks, but also with free agent signings. You know, these years for Bill Armstrong are obviously critical. He gave them a ton of draft capital to start out with, and he gave them some cap space in the future to be able to pick up some free agents. Obviously, everyone wants Austin Matthews, which would be great. Which actually, how do you feel about that? That's another thing that Richie's kind of been like conspiracy theory mm-hmm. throwing out here is the time when uh, the timeline for uh, Austin Matthews to be a free agent is kind of goes in line with what we are seeing right now for a possible new arena. So it would be new team, new arena, and Austin Matthews all at once. What do you think about that conspiracy theory? That is very much possible. But two things have to happen. The Coyotes have to be coming into their stride and like look very promising, almost like kind of the Avs were those years back when they got Landis Gog, McKinnon, and all that, that type of promising. And Toronto really has to botch it the next three years. Because Toronto was only built to win a Stanley Cup in that five-year period. If by time Austin Matthews becomes a free agent and they don't sniff the Eastern Conference Finals or a Stanley Cup, he's going to be gone. Because one, Toronto's going to have to blow up that team regardless. They have such high cap going on with their entire team. They keep, you know, they have a great core and they keep, you know, last season they tried to go, you know, more older guys. But those are things I have to see happen for Austin Matthews to want to come here and for free agents in general. Because over the last probably decade, free agents have been kind of eh about coming to Arizona because of, ownership issues, arena issues, the team not doing well. You know, these last four years under talk generated a lot of interest into the Coyotes that a lot of guys came. In the end, that team didn't get it done. It was a very vanilla team as, you know, the last GM and, you know, how they put the team together wasn't that great. That's why I have a lot of faith in Bill Armstrong with what he just did is, you know, yeah, we may be hurting with the Dvorak, maybe Garland, but... He's going to build a team from scratch. You know, the Coyotes always did this semi-rebuild, semi-rebuild. They needed a full reset, and this is what they're going to get. And guys like Keller and a lot of their other young core that they kept need to step up, like Chikrin, 
because in three to four years, they're going to be at the prime of their careers. Along with all the young guys, you may be able to see a really good Coyotes team. One of the people that I keep saying needs to step the fuck up that we really need to see progression from. And I used to always be this way on Keller, which I still always think that Keller needs to be at it at a better level, but I also think he hasn't been utilized correctly. He's more of a playmaker than he is a goal scorer, which is another reason why you need a, a pure goal scorer on this team in the future, because that's never going to be Keller's position. And they've been trying to force that out of him for years. And that'll never be who he is, but um, is Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton is supposed to be a, a top center in NHL, really, it's supposed to be like at like Bergeron, and he hasn't really gotten to that point. They've nurtured him quite well, and and I've I feel like I've harped on this a fair amount on the pod, and the fact that they gave him a lot of time. He came up, didn't really produce what he needed to produce, got really pissed when they sent him back down, and I think this is his do or die time where he realizes okay, I need to get my shit together and really develop into what he's supposed to be. I get it's very difficult timing for the timing for him to come up and everything all around coronavirus and everything was probably not the best thing for him to come into. But there's a lot of growth that needs to be done from him in order for um, f- for them to be consistent as well because centers in the NHL aren't something that you come across um, every single day, at least for the good ones. So... Um, I, I think a lot of their future is going to be on him progressing as well. Yeah, no. And that's what, with Dvorak gone, you're going to need a center to step up. They're also going to need someone to step up in the shootouts because Coyotes gained a lot of points because of Dvorak shootout abilities. So, yeah, Baron Hayden's a big one. I thought Talkin made the right decision in sending him down because unless Baron Hayden's playing power play minutes and, you know, really playing those top line minutes, his he's not... He wasn't put there to be a third or fourth line guy with minimal minutes. So sending him down the AHL is perfect, even though he didn't do that great in the AHL. So I agree. This season really is a do or die for Barrett Hayne. Also, it's a final goodbye to the old GM and what he built with this team because Barrett Hayne was one of his last picks. And again, he's not really panning out. The only two that really panned out from the last regime was Keller-ish and for sure on Chikrin, which that was a big one. So, like I said, Bill Armstrong, he's banking on some guys hopefully stepping up. But if they don't, he got plenty of draft capital to say, you know what? You were my decision. If you're not going to produce, I got seven other second rounders, three first rounders. He's like, I'll just replace you, you know? And I, I love that he did that. And it brings my point. I was frustrated with Richie where a lot of people were harping on the Coyotes for drafting uh, Josh Doan um, mm-hmm. early. My issue with that is obviously he was projected a late second rounder, but what does Bill Armstrong have to gain from a PR move? And I felt like I saw a lot of this on Twitter, like, oh, PR move, PR. Like, what does Bill Armstrong have to gain from that? If the team still sucks in the next four years, him having people aren't going to be like, oh, well, at least he drafted Don's son. Like, no one's going to really care. I feel like I want to put to rest this whole, oh, you know, Don's son was a PR move because. Bill Armstrong has nothing to gain from that. Like the the ownership isn't going to be like, oh, well, he made some okay moves, but oh, good thing he drafted Josh Doan. That'll put people in the stands. Like he's not even going to be ready for at least another three, maybe four years, right when the Coyotes are hoping to hit their stride. 
So he might fit into that lineup at the right exact time. But in the meantime, you know, we have to wait and see. And I'm trying to put the haters down, even Johnny Apple Richie. <laughs> I think, yeah, that uh, it's I think it's an interesting situation. I actually, um, oddly enough, I'm in the middle of both of you. I think it looked good optics wise and it, it was a great way to get a lot of fans behind this team and the fact that, um, you know, Doan was such and still is such a prominent figure in the Valley, you know, just like uh, Larry Fitzgerald is for the, the Cardinals. Uh, Doan is just one of those people that most people in the state know who he is, love him, and he has always kind of been the face of this team. So optics-wise, I think it was great for, like, a rallying cry for um, Coyotes fans and Arizonans alike. But um, especially, too, with the fact that, that Josh Stone will be uh, at ASU, so it's all very um, hometown-friendly. But I do, to some degree, say him to pick him where he did, it wouldn't have made sense unless he saw promise in him coming out of it. It just... His biggest thing is down the road, he wants this team to be a Stanley Cup contending team, and that's his number one goal. He, Yes, he cares about optics, but I don't think as much as, as anyone would assume because in the end, when he's been interviewed, when he's made any commentary, it's all very, it, without saying it, um, in the, the nicest way possible, but like he, he basically says, I could give two fucks about anything else that has to do, you know, the front office can deal with all that bullshit. I'm here to make a good team, do really great scouting and really build this team from the bottom up. And so I, I, I do have to, I think it was great optics wise. I think that was like a, a little incentive, but I also don't think that, um, he was doing it purely off of that. I think there's, there's more to it. There's more. Um, he saw more in uh, Josh Stone than people are giving him credit for. Oh yeah. They even said they thought he was going to be gone late first round. People are kind of saying like, Oh, it was going to be a late second. This draft this year was so messed up. Oh, absolutely. Because Stone's son was, you know, available the previous year. So it's like, it's so bizarre this last draft to say, Oh, this person was supposed to be here and there. You like, we have no idea. You know, Josh Stone went from being a, his first year in the USHL was okay. to he's a top five score in the USHL the next year after. And they had, and it was even discussed that there was develop. There was a large amount of development that went between those two, two years. And the fact that, um, that type of, of large development hadn't really been seen. So it really shows a, an ability for growth in him. And as we were just kind of talking about with Barrett Hayton, it's a big deal to have a lot of growth in players and knowing that you can get that out of them. Because a lot of times when you're drafting a player, especially in a draft that you don't have really great scouting on, you don't know what their ability for growth is. You know what they're they're putting on the table now, but you don't know uh if they will be able to move from where they are now to the NHL level. And with him, you can have more faith in the fact that he can fill that gap because of the fact that you have seen it happen between those two years. Oh yeah, no. And that's what I think, you know, when moving forward with the coyotes, 
in these next four years, they have a lot of promise. And I think guys like Doan, who got drafted, you know, early, I think they're going to come up big as the time goes on. And, you know, Doan's, what he has an advantage that most prospects don't have an advantage is he's played on the ice with other NHL pros. You know, uh, Shane Doan and other NHL guys, especially during COVID and after last season, they were having practices down at Ice Den. McDavid, a bunch of them were down at Ice Den. And who else was on the ice? Josh Doan and a lot of the other guys um, got to practice with these NHL caliber guys. That experience alone is invaluable because they see the level they have to play to. You know, when I end up playing at ACU, it was just club hockey. But going from just like a normal, you know, travel team to any college level, you realize how much faster it is and, and you end up having that you learn to play up. Giving those guys experience like that to play up, they learn, oh, I got to be way faster. I got to be stronger. And it motivates them a lot of times to get to that level. So I think the Coyotes are going to have a bright future with him. Um, Richie's extremely wrong on this subject, and I just <laughs> wanted to let him know, not to his face, but indirectly through a subtweeted podcast. Well, I mean, he'll hear it. It's it's his podcast. Yeah, that is true. I, I just wanted to call him out on his own podcast. Yeah, so that's what he he's going to hear it one way or another. I think Cat so was also on his side, so I also want to call it Cat um, yeah. for that. Cat um, was also on his side. So, so I think in layman terms, extremely wrong. So who, who knows? We might have to put this on Twitter, start a Twitter war out of this. Um, another thing that was actually out in, in the public eye that we were kind of talking about on last podcast was um, that the Coyotes now have their new AGM and no, um, no Leafs fans were happy about it. They were all very grumpy about it. I was reading some tweets um, and some comments on some articles last podcast and um, that had dropped on Wednesday and he was interviewed on Thursday. And there were some interesting little quotes that came out of this that I felt were kind of charged, to be honest with you. Um, here's one of them that, that rubbed me kind of weird. Um, what's gone on here previously has not worked. He said Thursday, that can be a little bit harsh, but you, but you are what your record says you are. And there's lots of areas that Billy has addressed and will need to be addressed on or off the ice. He's well on his way and I'm here to help. We have a bright future here. I can't give you a timeline, certainly. I'll leave that to others, but a level of respect needs to be earned in any business, especially in this business. I, that one had like some weird undertones. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but I felt like there were some weird undertones in that where when he was saying like what's gone on here previously has not worked. I would really like to know exactly what he meant by that. If he meant by that in the fact of like since the inception of the, the Coyotes being here or if he meant literally just in like the, you know, the last rebuild. Because if he's talking about the last rebuild, yeah, it didn't work to what they wanted it to be. But, I mean, this team still, you know, made it uh, into playoffs when made it into the bubble and made it into playoffs. It's not like they hadn't really been – they were mediocre, but they weren't horrendous, you know? He made it seem like they don't deserve any respect, that they have to earn that respect. I feel like there's plenty of teams that have played much worse for a much longer amount of time recently that – I feel like it, he's kind of coming into this with 
the same mentality that a lot of people come into the coyotes with, which is like, they need to, uh, earn a level of respect. I, I think they have respect. I think there's just, they've never been able to, in the past like decade, they haven't really been able to, cause 2011, 2012 season, I think is what it was where they made that really strong push that Pacific division win. um, they haven't had a team that's been strong like that since then. So I just think they haven't been able to get to that next level. Not that they don't deserve respect, but they haven't been able to make it to that next level. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like, you know, it's not like it's necessarily the team doesn't deserve respect. You know, they did get to the play-ins, the playoffs, stuff like that. I think he's talking about the organization as a whole. Um for the last decade, they have been mediocre. They recently lost our first round pick and got, you know, severe punishment from the NHL. They drafted a kid last year that they end up having to release because of many off the ice issues. Um, and just like I said, just over the last, de- you know, ownership issues, or re- you know, they're really, I kind of agree with them. What respect do you have when there's just nothing there to build off of and is that against the coyotes and the people of arizona no but it should be definitely against management ownership and all them because they have failed the coyotes for the last decade not even the coaches even the last agm who drafted the kid who ended up having to get um i want to say relegated too much ted lasso but (laughs) who got who got kicked off uh the team but i agree with him in that sense you know there are plenty of NHL teams that are embarrassing, you know, Buffalo, Edmonton, Ottawa, believe me, they have plenty of teams that have arena issues that have on the ice issues that can't build it together with multiple first round picks or first overall picks. Coyotes haven't even had a first overall pick, but I do agree with him a sense of, you know, what respect do people have when their owner and I'm targeting this directly at the ownership. I hope everyone knows I'm not even going to target at the players because I feel like all this is on ownership and management and previous GMs that have decimated the credibility of the coyotes. Well, and I also mean like think about all of the years that we made jokes about the fact that uh, number one picks went to the Oilers to die. Like it was like, you know, it was for their careers to die. And that's the thing is, we had made those jokes for a long time, but I, I feel like it, to to say that the Coyotes don't deserve respect is a little harsh. Yeah. I do think you you do have to earn it to some degree, but uh, it's an interesting interesting wording for someone who uh, is not very well liked uh, around uh, fans of the NHL. I'll put it to, I'll put it this way. I think the Coyotes are in good hands with Bill Armstrong and their current uh, administration, even their ownership. I think they're in good hands. I think um, their previous is where all this blame lies. And I think Bill Armstrong has cleaned house. I think their scouting is already better. I think their GM, AGM are way better. I think they are in a great position. So to Coyotes fans, I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. Yes, these couple years may be rough, but I think there's going to be a lot to look forward to in the future. And keep buying tickets, keep supporting the team on the ice because they're the ones that are working their butt off to get this respect and who have, who've had to endure, you know, bad GM decisions. And it's not their fault because of that. Yeah, maybe their on-ice play can be sloppy, but 
I think a lot of this had to do with just peer management. And I think they're going to go into an incredible direction. I think there's a bright future ahead. There's my happy ending. No, I think that's awesome. And I, and I think that's also like an awesome way to, to end this podcast because, you know, we've talked so much back and forth and ups and downs of this team for so long. It's, it's true in the end. There is a lot of bright things that are on the way for this team. I think the way that Bill Armstrong is taking this team is in a great direction at, at, at the moment. You know, um, we'll see as time goes on. They have so many second round draft picks next uh, next draft year. So I, you know, w- there's so much yet to come. It's hard for us to say for sure. But um, I, I, I think that's good. I think we should end on a nice, happy, cheery note because uh it's may not be very cheery throughout the rest of the season so yeah, at there's least... gonna be some stuff they're gonna have to adore with coyote fans but a lot to be happy about don't forget to give richie a shout out 10 people he wears a carrot costume hands out celery stock to people i'm gonna have to ask him about this on on the podcast on richie kind of has an orange's glow to him anyways so he just has to get orangish like... glow to him anyways he has the height for it yeah he is very lanky like a carrot like if i saw if there were carrot people i would describe them as lanky people so so he would be a carrot person yeah so shout out richie care person give him a shout out helping america with fiber deficiency well, I'll have to ask him about it for for Wednesday's podcast. He'll he'll be in in the middle of all of these. He will be able to come back for the Wednesday podcast to uh, defend himself. I guess essentially. Yeah, if he says he's not doing that, he's just being modest and bashful. He's definitely doing this. <laughs> so don't don't think otherwise. All right. Thanks for tuning in, Sporting Nation. We will be talking to you again on Wednesday. Uh, Richie will be with us on that show, but don't worry. Richie will be gone for the next two more weekends. So you will hear from Scotty and his uh, different stories on why Richie is gone in uh, sometime in the next few weeks. And uh, good night and good hockey, everybody.